0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA member FDSE. Don't change Don't
1: change Yes, a very good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to Sports Day WA with Peter Vlahos on this Thursday and the 16th day of February. 12 days remaining in the summer of uh, 2022 23. It's amazing how time flies. I'm going to just talk about something that sort of disturbed me a bit today. Um, I get up in the morning, I have a look at all the news that's transpired, not just sport but general news, and I felt for a family that lives in the Perth metropolitan area in Harrisdale, who today have been left heartbroken. So I'm appealing to people around the Harrisdale area or certainly in the broader community here in Perth where these thugs or masked thieves jumped their fence into their personal property in their home and the brazen theft of two Cavalier King Charles Spaniels, Charlie and Harry with the name of the dogs. It happened Yesterday, and today's CCTV footage was shown of these two masked individuals outside the home there on Gleeson Way in Harrisdale. One of the dogs, they picked up the first dog, which was a black dog. Then they picked up the other dog, which is a golden and white dog. All looked very young. And the owners of the dogs then posted on Facebook the incident, urging anyone who knew the whereabouts of the two dogs to come forward. And it got me thinking, really. You know, where is this community going? Where is this society going when people, two individuals, can jump into somebody's personal property, eye the dogs out, pick them up and take them away from their owners? I don't know what comprises the other members of the family, whether they've got young children or whatever, but the devastation that it must be leaving behind. And of course, these two idiots now will go off and probably, as someone said to me at the radio station, probably sold off the dogs or using it for breeding purposes. But I'm losing a bit of faith in the community and society at the moment because every day there's something that troubles me about what so-called my fellow man in this community is doing. And and I just hope they catch these two and they do get the two dogs, and it's returned to their owners. I just thought I'd bring it up, because if I say a little bit and somebody hears it and for whatever reason knows the whereabouts and has seen the CCTV and can help, that'd be terrific, okay? On the program today, as we return back to sport, I'll be speaking to former Dockers champion Michael Barlow, and I'm going to ask him his captaincy predictions for Frio. I heard Jimmy talk about in the run home about Alex Pierce. He was featured on Channel 10 last night and he's really keen. I think you'll get it. The Fremantle captaincy ahead of Brayshaw and Sarong. But we'll get Mickey Barlow's thoughts on that as well. And how far can his beloved Fremantle go in 2023? As well as that, we'll also focus on the Perth Glory a bit later on. They've got a big game against the Central Coast Mariners on Saturday night. And we'll speak to one of their recruits, Zach Duncan, who played, of course, in Denmark, was taken out of Denmark, and was on a lone situation with the Perth Glory. So we'll get to know Zach Duncan a bit later on as well. And uh, also Pat Cummings talking to Jared Whaley ahead of the second cricket test. Against uh, India tomorrow being played in New Delhi. So that's all coming up on the program between now and six o'clock. You can join us anytime on the Temper at Bed Shed text machine 0487 736 736. bedshed experts in temper mattresses, pillows, and adjustable bases. You can check the range of temper products in store or visit bedshed.com.au. And we're here for Kia. Progressive technology, blistering performance, and quality design as well. Let's uh, welcome Mickey Barlow now to the program here on Sports Day WA. Mickey, lovely to chat to you.
2: Pete, sorry, mate. I kept you uh, waiting there. A few missed calls, but uh, here we are on, um, on right, a uh, February evening, so
1: good to hear your voice. Yeah, nice to uh, share some time with you, uh, Mickey. I gather, are you uh, still involved in footy in 2023? Are still involved with VFA or AFL, uh, of course, affiliate side, Werribee this year?
2: I am, mate, yeah. So, coaching Werribee. So, we're we're the standalone um, side in the VFL. So, you know, 14 aligned clubs, seven standalone. So, we're up against it a little bit, but um, signed a two-year contract uh, the middle of last year. So, feeling good about it. um, And we're just ready to play some games now. So, been a long um long grind not making finals last year and yeah reading for another mm. another season at the helm pete and really looking, uh, really enjoying it
1: still around about 21 clubs in the competition
2: there is mate yeah so 21 um as i said 14 aligned um to afl clubs we've got the the queensland side and the sydney sides, um as well as southport who's you know they made the grand final last year which is a pretty big effort, uh, you know a standalone club um, the salary cap is um, improving, but you know a little bit limited in terms of probably what we can provide players um, compared to the full time athletes so Southport with a the the standout last year and hopefully we can go okay this year and and push up towards the finals.
1: Good stuff. Good luck with that, uh, Mickey. I know you've still got a huge passion for uh, AFL, Australian Rules Football. Can I ask you a couple of general questions before we talk about Frio? Just a couple of questions without notice. I had... uh, Dean Margetts, the veteran of over 300 uh, AFL games that he's umpired, about some of the changes that could be happening in the AFL this year. And I read an article in, I think, the National newspaper a few days ago from uh, somebody in the AFL umpire's fraternity just warning everybody that will follow the competition this year with four umpires, there will be mistakes, there will be teething problems, and there will be moments of frustration. Mickey, do we need four umpires?
2: No, I don't think we do. I don't think we do. I think even watching the Super Bowl um, and following NFL, how how tightly monitored that game is, and um, you know social media and the platforms everyone has now to to rewind, pause. um, Mistakes will happen, like you said. Umpires are human, and in the game of AFL, there's no time to to stop or or call a call a timeout to review decisions um, outside of kind of the scoring situation. So, um, yeah, we're never going to get it perfectly in terms of our critique of umpires. Um, but on the whole, we need to acknowledge they're human. Humans make mistakes. Players make mistakes. Um, so absolutely, umpires are. But I think they do a tremendous job. I think the game's been officiated really well in, in the last 12 months. Um, and to add a fourth in, um, even the congestion side of things do, do, you know, they'll have to be really uh, particular about where they run and where they move which I'm you know, sure that they will be able to but they're still part-time commodities in a um, yeah, multi-million dollar business that um, yeah will put a bit more pressure on them and people will you know, those un- uneducated Jews will have that opinion that well there's four now so they shouldn't make mistakes but the same mistakes will happen so I tend to agree um, that it may be a little bit of overkill. I think Kane Collins was quite uh, quite strong in his opinion on that fact uh, earlier today or yesterday.
1: Mm, yeah, and I think then Mark even said that to me. He'd rather just stick with three. As you, I don't think you made a very valid point. They had got it together, the three-umpire system, and I think generally last year the officiating was very good. So why change it? Uh, I don't get it. But anyway, let's move on to Fremantle. Uh, your thoughts on the captaincy. I'm leaning towards Alex Pierce. Many are leaning towards Alex Pierce for maybe a, a short term, maybe a couple of seasons, and then maybe look at someone like Brayshaw or Sarong. Is that the way you're leading in relation to the captaincy with your former club? Yeah, I think, I think
2: good problems to have, isn't it? Um, that there's there's a few options, um, and a mix of the new wave coming through, which is, you know, your Brayshaws and Sarongs, um, and Alex Pierce who From my view, it's, you know, Alex came into the the club when I was, you know, kind of established in the program and had been there a while. So to my eye, Alex is always the skinny, um, gangly kid that came from Tasmania, but always had great leadership and and great commitment to his craft. So um, now he's the more experienced head and he's already done the role um, with some distinction, really, when Fifey was um, carrying the interrupted season of last year. He's learnt really strongly from, from Dave Mundy. He's quite connected to Dave Mundy and and Fifey. So he's been around. He's seen a few different um, different generations of, of player. As Alex, he's seen some different le- levels of success for Freo, having seen the um, the early parts of some finals campaigns and then a bit of a rebuild and, and now a club that can absolutely contend. So um, you've taken the words out of my mouth, Pete. I think Alex Pierce is the man for the job. Um, and if it's a, a two- to three-year thing, um, that next wave of leadership uh, is only going to be stronger. Um, you know, to, to put uh, Brayshaw or Sarong in now, not to say they're not ready, um, but I think it's a really good buffer to give the next guys that, that those couple of, year, couple of years of development um, in terms of leadership and, and just playing the game um, before it becomes theirs.
1: Do you think net five was assisted in making the decision to step down, or do you think it was his uh, own decision, if that's the case? Because I, I thought Fifey, generally judging at the end of last year, I think he was still keen to maybe continue in the captaincy role. But uh, how did you read it? Was it time for him to maybe step aside?
2: Yeah, I think I always take Nat on face value and and what he says and, and how he portrays it through the media. Um, you can definitely tell it's, it's measured and, and very well considered because he's he's someone that will always um, bring out opinion in whatever in, in whatever he's doing playing leadership uh, business so he's always very considered uh, and I think he's becoming um yeah very transparent in how he delivers that message so I'm um, adamant that you know it' was his his call and that Justin Longmuir and um the as a bee would have sat I think a quote. Or, or a statement he did make, make was in, in relation to um, you know, the transition. It can't be rushed. And if if it was considered that he was that best man to do the job, um, maybe until a brace or a was ready, that, um, that perhaps he would continue doing the role. But um, now he just gets to sink his teeth into, I think, which would have been an even more uh, point of discussion, Pete, was that shift from mid to forward, so for him to actually wrap his head around now, okay, um, moving back from from being the man in the midfield and actually having to go to a, a different role to assist the team and allow the players that are in there at the moment to, to apply their craft uh, to the level they can um, was probably more of a discussion. I think the leadership discussion um, takes a fair bit of pressure off him, um, but that shift now to the forward line, I think he's been public in saying that it's going to be a challenging one as you know, it's probably not as natural as, as the midfield positions become to him over the past mm. uh, decade.
1: A couple of final questions, maybe about the other club, before I come back to Fremantle again to get your thoughts on certainly a question I'll pose. West Coast Eagles fans are getting a bit more excited about the possibilities for 2023 and maybe a, a quick climb up the AFL ladder. Mm. Do you see that materialising? Oh,
2: uh, I, I, they've had the, um, as Ross Lyon quoted a number of years ago, Anna Sorabilis,
0: who
2: mm. hit them last year, didn't they? And I, I do think, I was probably um, of the opinion that they they didn't handle uh, the interruptions of COVID and, and the hubs and um, the distractions with that, what, what came with that uh, across those years very well. There were some other circumstances. That clearly, it's not just one thing that, that, that makes a club... Um, Essentially, go to the bottom and, and have to, to reassess. There was that. There was injury, you know, Nick Natnui and unavailability there. Um, Tim Kelly hasn't had a had a great run of it um, in terms of support around him as a midfielder and a little bit of injury along the way as well. So I look at them and uh, again in the eastern states, absolutely, I think clubs will sleep on them a fair bit and look at them and think, oh well, they, they were a, whatever it was last year a two to three. Um, win team in 2022, and it's going to be a similar story. They pretty quickly become a, a six to eight team win with a, with a fit and healthy Luke Shuey in a, in a, in a change of role to, to half back. Elliot Yeo at, at his best um, in his age bracket is going to be absolutely breathtaking. Um, Tim Kelly from All Reports uh, this time of year, Pete, you always hear the February specialist. Yeah. Tim Kelly is that player and going really well. Nick Nat Dewey, like those names. Um, They're winning six to eight games off the back of of their better players, being fit, healthy, available, and getting moving. Um, And then the the next crop that come through that have been exposed to 15 to 20 AFL games, that's huge. This time last year, a lot of those guys had played an average of probably five AFL games. Through necessity, they get another 15 games into them. Um, bazo I really like the look of him. Um, Barras is an older player, but... Um, he has come of age under the duress of a, of a really poor season. So um, I'm pumping them right up. I, I think they probably win eight to 10 games and and at times push some of the better sides. Mm. Um, but going forward, yeah, West Coast, um, I think it will bounce pretty quickly.
1: Yeah, I'm thinking six to eight. You mentioned that initially, then eight to 10. I'm not sure I'm as not as buoyed to think they'll win 10, but I reckon six to eight is probably uh, where they are likely to sit. So, as we let you go, what about Frio? A lot of excited expectations there, particularly with the big fella, Luke Jackson, coming over. He's training the house down. I think there's a good feel out at uh, Coburn at the moment. Uh, we know what Fremantle did last year. Uh, what do you think they'll do this year?
2: It's probably um, the more... Cha- not not challenging position to be in, but I, I, we speak of West Coast then, and, and they don't have the burden of expectation, so their improvement, um, and they'll embrace that. They'll be like, oh, well, no one's expecting us to do much. So this is why we can, and they can get get to work and do it. Now, females can't lose sight of, um, you know, what they did well last year and, and the upside that they absolutely have. But what needs to be acknowledged as well, and we can lose sight of this at times, is, um, you know, making the finals. It, it's tough in the AFL competition, and um, a lot has to go right. You know, fitness availability... Um, you have to perform and yet your players have to to maintain that level of improvement, you know, year to year. Um, So it is, I am, I am painting a a glass half empty um, at the moment for, for Fremantle in terms of what they achieved last year was so terrific that it's no given it happens again, but I think they do have that maturity of player, you know, the younger players do have, the depth of maturity, Sarong ratio that we've mentioned at Nauseam um, to come through. Sean Darcy's a top-end ruckman in the competition. Um, their improvement has to come in the front half. If they don't improve in the front half with younger Miss and and Tabs and continuity with his body and form, um, you know, Lockie Schultz, Michael Walters, um, Switkowski, they're nice players, but they do need a little bit of a point of difference in the front half to to ensure that they kind of improve from you know the the bottom part of the eight. To, to a contender. So the rest of the pieces seem uh, OK. And Luke Jackson comes in. The big watch will be on him. And I do have some empathy, or probably not empathy, because I was never in the situation of Luke Jackson, a high-paid player, coming in expected to, to be the difference. But um, I do feel for him to an extent because I don't think it'll be as simple as he comes in and, and becomes an absolute game-changer. I think it's going to be uh, a number of players who are going to have to contribute to their improvement, in particular in that
1: front half. Good on you, Mickey. Thanks for joining us, mate. Look forward to keeping in touch during the course of the build-up to the AFL season. That literally is just over a month away now. And then, of course, what promises to be uh, a very exciting 2023 campaign. Mm-hmm. Keep well, and we'll keep in touch. Thanks for your time today. Thanks. Thanks, Pete. Ross Lion Cup first up, so looking forward to that. (laughs) (laughs) The Ross Lion Cup, beautifully said. Good on you, Mickey Barlow. Uh, Great man and was an outstanding footballer, wasn't he, for the Fremantle Football Club in his time here. Thrilled uh, many a purple support, of course, then went on to play some football at the Gold Coast and now he's back in his uh, home state of Victoria. And as you heard, he's been in charge of Werribee in the VFL for the last few seasons. Give us your thoughts on what Mickey had to say. Uh, Join us on the Tempera bedshed text machine, 0487 736 736. We're here for Kia, progressive technology, blistering performance and quality design. After the break, we'll come back with the sports news headlines. We've got some glory uh, coming up as well, speaking to one of their star new recruits, Zach Duncan. So uh, stay with us right through until 6 o'clock here on Sports Day. Day for Kia. The award-winning seven-seat Kia Sorento. Kia's large SUV, available now at your nearest Kia dealer. Don't change
3: me. Don't change me,
1: me. 23 past five on this Thursday. Good to have Mickey Barlow on board. By the way, Simon Garlic, the CEO. Of the Fremantle Footy Club uh, was on the breakfast show this morning. The uh, SEN Breakfast Show with Scotty and Goss, and he was asked a question because we spoke to Michael about the Fremantle captaincy. Well, Simon told us what the timeline is likely to be before an announcement is made. I think
2: Dale's on the Dale's on the record of saying that um, that he's certainly keen for either whether it be two or at least one to have the new leadership group and structure in place for, for either both or, or one of the practice matches we've got coming up in in the next two weeks. So we've got Adelaide uh, at Coburn, here at Coburn on Friday week, uh, and then we played Port Adelaide at Fremantle Oval on thurs- the Thursday following that. So um, it's not going to be long. You know, We're going to work through it, uh, but we, again, just want to make sure that we do it in the appropriate way. We we'll want do it as quickly as we can without compromising it. So
1: um, we'll be there shortly. We'll be there shortly. What does shortly mean? One week, two weeks, 10 days, 14 days? Uh, anyway... We'll be there shortly. Maybe they're not 100% sure who's going to get it. We're updating sport thanks to Tire Power. Buy three, get one free on selected Falcon Tires during Tire Power's best buys on Big Brand's sale. Uh, by the way, Australian cricket legend Darren Lehman has slammed the decision to drop Travis Head from the side for the first test in India as absolutely ridiculous and said the side's extremely brief preparation for the tour of the subcontinent was a key factor in the team's horror start to the border Gavaskar Trophy Series. As we know, the second test gets underway tomorrow in New Delhi, and you can hear it uh, live coverage here on uh, the SEN network headed by Gerard Whateley. Netball, by the way, has received more than $9 million in federal funding in a bid to sustain the sport through the 2026 Commonwealth Games in regional Victoria. The federal government and the Australian Institute of Sport has committed $9.4 million to Netball Australia and the Diamonds. So uh, great news there for Netball. Tim Watson has said this about uh, recent reports about his strained relationship with James Hurd, saying he holds no ill will towards a former Bombers coach, but that, that the pair don't have a relationship.
0: I don't have any ill feeling towards James Hurd. Absolutely none. We don't have a relationship, though. We're not best mates. We're not best friends. And we were sort of we were friendlier back in the day, but, you know, like this whole thing happened yeah. and um, I've reached out to him, I've reached out to Bomber and, you know, like, and I understand people are moving through this emotionally and mentally in their own time, in their own way. And I respect that, but I'd be only too happy to ever sit down and have a conversation with him. My opinion about him being the next coach of Essen and had nothing to do with whatever happened during that Asada period, had nothing to do with that. I just didn't think that he was the right person for this time and the club needed to move forward, which was as simple as that. So
1: there you go. That's Tim Watson uh, talking about the, the no relationship that exists between he and James Heard. two big names in the Edison football club. And it's a pity that, that they don't communicate and haven't got a sort of a relationship because there's no bigger names in the Bombers camp than Watson and Heard, particularly of the generational value. Of course, James's dad played there. And uh, Tim and Job, uh, it is. Probably apart from the Danaher's, uh, there hasn't been too many bigger family brands uh, through Windy Hill and now Tullamarine at the Essendon Footy Club. As we go to the break, big match in the English Premier League last night. Massive match. It was 1v2. Arsenal have held top position in the English Premiership since August. And at one stage, Manchester City were... Quite a few points behind them. Uh, I think at one stage it might have been as much as nine, and it's been cut back significantly. In fact, Arsenal now have lost two of their last three games, and the other one was a draw at home to Brentford. They've dropped points, and the result last night, it was at the Emirates, the home of Arsenal, and Manchester City travelled south from the uh, northwest of England to London, and beat them by three goals to one, and now have taken over the mantle of top position in the English Premier League. But I'll also say that Arsenal have a game in hand. This is how it went last night, all in the early hours of this morning, our time. And then after the break, we'll continue with the football flavour and speak to one of the recruits of the Perth Glory in Zach Duncan. Last night, Arsenal won Manchester City 3.
0: Tomiyasu makes a mistake. De Bruyne scores. These are the standards. One tiny tiny error is punished emphatically as Kevin De Bruyne celebrates his first goal in 17 games for club and country. Tomiyasu's error was only marginal, but how costly it has proven to be. What a finish though. Against Mares, Walker going to touch. Tommy Asu! a chance to make amends, and he's unable to receive the redemption. Good work from Xhaka Delicates. Inquietia did it go over the line? The referee is pointing to the penalty spot here. I think. Saka scores. He takes the burden of responsibility. He brushes off the pressure. Give it away by Gabriel. Now, Haaland. A sight of goal. Gundogan inside him. Grealish waiting. Jack Grealish scores! Manchester City take the lead for the second time in the game. And the outpouring of emotion from Jack Grealish. Shows you just what it means. Arsenal have had their chances tonight. Plenty of energy in these Manchester City legs to Brunner. Haaland! That could be that tonight. It's the first goal in four games for Erling Haaland.
1: Sports Day for Kia. The award-winning seven-seat Kia Sorento, Kia's large SUV. Available now at your nearest Kia dealer.
0: Here comes Bournear, posts the header, and they're back into the game. His first touch of the game, a beautiful header. He's come up to meet that really well.
1: Yeah, and that was Zach Duncan, who basically scored his maiden club goal with that memorable header in uh, the comeback draw against Sydney FC a couple of weeks ago. We're going to find out more about Zach Duncan because he joins us on the program now ahead of their next game, the Perth Glory. They take on the Central Coast Mariners. Seven o'clock kickoff there at Macedonia Park. Zach, welcome to the program.
3: Thanks for having me. Yeah,
1: Looking that was a, that was a good moment for you, wasn't it, when you scored that goal a couple of weeks ago send the FC down 2-0 and the club came roaring back to share the points.
3: Yeah, yeah it was nice. Um I think uh, it was a moment where us as a team showed great character. Um, you know, it's never nice being 2-0 down and it's never easy, but um I think, you know, that goal helped us you know, get the momentum back on our side and uh yeah, we were lucky enough to get the second one also to make it all square.
1: Tell us about the Zachary Duncan story, uh, born in New South Wales. Tell us about the early years before, and you're still a young man. You're only, what, uh, 22, you turned 23 at the end of May. So you're still a young man, but you've had a few travels. Uh, Of course, started playing, I think, with Mark Coney as a youth career. And you've already uh, now, this is your third A-League club being the Perth Glory. So tell us about those early years.
3: Um, so, yeah, I used to play for, um, Football New South Wales Institute, um, like the, kind of like the state team. Um, and then it went into the A-League clubs, so I was at Sydney FC, um, in their youth setup, and then after one year, I went to the Wanderers, and then, um, yeah, I wasn't really wanted, kind of, by any of them, um, and then I went on trial at Brisbane Roar, um, jagged myself a, a youth team contract, and um, after uh, eighteen months, I was able to to get my debut over there. And um, yeah, then the rest is uh, history, I guess.
1: Yeah, of course, you've uh, also have spent the last few seasons in Denmark with Danish club AGF. Tell us about that and where that's at the moment.
3: Um, yeah, so that's uh that's been really good. Um, you know, I went over there when I was uh, 18, 19. Um, and, you know, I played, I think, 25 games or something over there. Um, I've had a few big injuries with my ACL and um, some uh, a foot surgery and, and things like that. Um, so I'm there until 2026 is when my contract ends there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm at Perth Glory for the season on a on a loan deal.
1: Yeah, saying that, and I was just going to mention that, you're on loan from AGF uh, in Denmark yeah. to Perth Glory for this season. So will they then reassess whether they bring you back or loan you out again at the end of this A-League season?
3: Yeah, that's, uh, that's right. Um, I'll go back and I'll do pre-season with the team um and then yeah they'll be like they'll make their mind off and um maybe it's another case where i i need to go out and i need to find some um senior minutes um some you know in a, in a in a different league somewhere else and um if that's the case yeah we'll look at the options but um yeah at the moment it's i'm concentrated here and um yeah, we'll see what all happens in the next couple of months.
1: Tell us about how the Perth Glory got involved in uh, grabbing yourself for this A-League season on loan from the Danish club. I believe that Andy Keogh, who's the head of recruiting and development at the Perth Glory, may have had a bit to do with it.
3: Yeah, um, he did. Um, so my, um, my agent is the same agent as um, Musti, uh, our captain here.
1: Mustafa um, Amini, so,
3: yep. yeah. yeah. Mustafa Amini. Um, so, you know, when I was speaking to my club over there and it was, uh, it was time to, you know, like, all right, let's 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 try and get a, a loan move. Um, yeah, um, Perth Glory were, were there and they were ready and um, they said, yeah, we would uh, would like to take him. So I was like, I've, I've played with Musti before because um, we were at the same club in Denmark also. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was like, yeah, I'd like to, I'd like to go there and um, see what we can do
1: Tell us about Danish football and uh, the level that it's played at We saw Denmark, they were in the World Cup group uh, with Australia At the recent World Cup, uh, Australia came out on top But tell us about the Danish Professional League
3: um, it's, a, it's a good league um, They've got some very good fans um, uh, You know, they're very passionate about their football over there um but you know the standard it's 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 good it's a good level you know some really good uh individual players and and stuff like that but you know football is all about like small min- small margins and you know to be honest it's it's not it's not you know that different you mm-hmm, know mm-hmm. football is football at the end of the day and um you know so it's all the same game so the difference isn't huge but um but yeah it was it's definitely nice to be in European football you know that's 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 where the games are loved by the most people Yeah
1: well you're a young player with huge potential we know that and we're trying to get as much out of you as possible here for the Perth Glory, I know you're pretty excited about being in WA, even though, of course, you originate from Sydney. You've been uh, in and out of the side; like you hadn't been in the starting eleven, and then Rubens also used you off the bench this season. Uh, tell us about uh, the first half of the season, how you've seen it from Zach Duncan's point of view.
3: Um, individually, or as yeah, individually a, first.
1: As individually first.
3: Um. So yeah, I came here after almost 12 months of not playing a uh, a minute of professional football. Um so you know, I came and was uh, thrown straight into it and um I think I I, I did alright, but um definitely not up to up to my best. Um and I think, you know, everyone would agree with that. Um but I think, you know, the more games I've played and the um, the longer I've been here, I've just improved, um, you know, at a steady rate, and um, that's that's what I think I need to be to continue to do. So.
1: So you expect now, as we get towards the second half of the season, we're just slipping into the second half of the season, let's hope there's some finals football later in the year for the Perth Glory, that we'll see the best of Zach Duncan now that you've assimilated into the style of play. You've got only over any injury or niggles that you've had. uh, Your form's probably better. Your fitness is better. So you're ready to rock and roll now?
3: Yeah, um, I hope so. Um, You know, I I hope... I hope that's how it will go, and I hope that as a team we'll, um, you know, bounce back after last week's uh, mm. defeat, and um, we'll be ready to to kick on with it, and um, yeah, push for that uh, final spot.
1: Well, it's interesting. You took on Melbourne City, who are sitting top of the league. They've only dropped the one game. Uh, Had that penalty been awarded, uh, you would have been 2-1 up. In the end, of course, it was a 4-2 result, uh, and you were down to 10 men. You take on the second-place Central Coast Mariners. Another challenge, but saying that, apart from that loss, as we mentioned, uh, on the weekend, but prior to that, you'd gone four games without a loss. Do you sense that the team is now starting to gel, and you think that there is a a possibility that you may be able to beat Central Coast this week?
3: Yeah, I mean, of of course, um you just look at, you know, every team that's come to 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 the West. Um you know, they've they've been pushed um, they've been pushed really hard. So, um you know, we've lost one time here. Um and you know, we lost against first place and you know, at the time it was 1-1 when we when we got a red card. Um they made it 2-1 and then we also went up and equalized with 10 men. Um, so that was also a brave effort from the boys. Um, so I think we know we can only take the positives from that one and, and, um, I'm sure we'll all be ready to, you know, to get a, to get a win, uh, this weekend.
1: Good on you, mate. Thanks for joining us. Uh, Good luck for the second half of the season. And it's great to have you on board uh, in the purple and we wish you the best of luck. Look forward to seeing you Saturday night. Have a good one. Good on you. Zach Duncan joining us uh, from the Perth Glory. As I said, he's only 22 years of age and he's already done so much. It's his third A-league club after playing at the Western Sydney Wanderers and also the Brisbane Roar and all as well as that. Uh, well, in fact, he was in the youth at the Western Sydney Wanderers. So I, I should actually take that back. Brisbane Roar is the only A-league club apart from the Perth Glory that has been involved in and uh, has got a long-term contract There in Denmark, it's coming up a quarter to six updating the finals in the NBL game one of three between the Jack jumpers and the breakers. It's game two, in fact, and it's pretty tight, pretty tight. Uh, Last time I saw was about 51 apiece. So uh, we'll take uh, another break and keep you up to date with that as well. Uh, By the way, the A-League update is thanks to Football Is Here and so is the Isuzu Ute uh, A-League. Experience it live. Search A-League tickets and get your tickets also for this weekend's big game between the Perth Glory and the Central Coast Mariners. That's Isuzu Ute A-League tickets. So get on board and experience it. New Zealand Breakers fifty six, Tasmanian Jack Jumpers fifty five, and we're about two and a half minutes to go in the third period. It's fourteen to six. Sports Day for Kia, the award-winning seven seat Kia Sorento, Kia's large SUV, available now at your
3: nearest Kia
1: dealer. Just the other day here on Sports Day WA on the back end of what was a massive weekend for UFC at RAC Arena. And we had uh, Alex Volkanovsky, of course, in the main event, unfortunately got beaten. But the other big attraction for certainly Perth, Western Australia was Jack Della Maddalena, the first West Australian product to be on the main card at the UFC and then uh, on Tuesday, I had a young fella in here called Stephen Urcik, who uh, was the main man and victorious in MMA Eternal 73 at HPF uh, Park or Stadium on Saturday night before the big event at uh, UFC on Sunday morning. And... We had him in the studio knowing that he was going to be signed up, even though he couldn't say it categorically, as the second West Australian to be signed up on the UFC roster. And we can tell you it happened a short time ago. You're hearing it exclusive here on Sports Day WA. It's Jack Della Maddalena and now Stephen Astroboy Boy Let's go back a couple of days when he was sitting in this very studio.
2: Um, yeah, dream come true. Like 10 years of solid work, uh, sacrifice, and yet yeah, to be able to yeah be somewhere and then start finally trying to like do that for my partner, my family, that would be amazing. It's
1: just like getting to the big league. Like it it being, If you started playing Australian rules footy yes. and you played juniors and then you got to the waffle and then you got drafted to play in the AFL, this is the big league.
4: That's exactly what it is. It's like playing in the AFL. After he uh, you know, won a fight in 2021, I started saying – UFC ready. And he's been UFC ready since 2021 and a great prospect. And I think he's going to be following Jack Della Maddalena into the UFC very soon.
1: That's my prediction. And that's Brett Bonetti, who was also in the studio, uh, our expert when it comes to anything to do with mixed martial arts and the UFC. He brought Steve in and that's confirmed. He's now a UFC combatant. He's in the sport of USC, the second West Australian. And you're hearing it first here on Sports Day WA. Force. Uh, well, tomorrow, it's a big one. It is the first day of the second test between Australia and India. Jared Whateley will head the SEN Network commentary team, and he caught up with the Australian captain, uh, Pat Cummins. Here's a couple of minutes of what they had to say. Pat Cummins, great to have you with us on SEN. Thanks for having me. Were you at all rattled or unsettled
4: by the manner and the magnitude of the defeat in the first test? Uh, yeah, I don't think unsettled. I think you know have played enough to know that games over here can happen pretty quickly. Um, ideally, you're on the other side of it, but um, yeah, I, I thought for the uh, a lot of the first kind of couple of days, the game wasn't out of reach, and then um, yeah, as soon, as soon as you kind of let a lead go, the game happens pretty quickly. Did you have you altered plans
1: in the aftermath? Have you made reassessments?
4: I think, uh, you know, assessments. Uh, I was pretty happy with our plans going in. I think it's about actually going out there and kind of executing. I think everyone had really solid game plans, but when you're in the kind of heat of it out there in the middle, it's, it can be quite suffocating. So making sure that, you know, we just take that extra little bit of time and be really clear on our plans. India holds the trophy. This is a four-test series, so two nils, uh,
2: that's the end. Uh, is it? Do you sort of feel like Australia has to make a stand here in Delhi?
4: Uh, I think for the sake of the series, absolutely. Um, yeah, you know, sometimes kind of losing by innings makes you have a really good look at, all right, well, um, you know, we, we've got to make a few adjustments, as I said, to how I play, uh, how we play. So we've got it all here in Delhi. Um, yeah, the wicket looks similar to last week. So, yeah, all the conversations have been right. It's about going and doing it. So how much of that rests with
2: the batters, with the sheer number of LBWs and bowls from that first test?
4: Uh, I think a bit of it. Um, But, you know, when when I say uh, batters, you know, I count kind of us tail enders doing a job as well. Um, So 1 to 11, all got to try and chip in. Um, you know, might not be big hundreds in these kind of matches, but, you know, a 20, um, quick-fire 20 or something might be, you know, really important. So, um, yeah, I think that's a big part of it. And for us bowlers, yeah, kind of reassessing plans. There, tail got a few more than we would have liked, so some, some small changes. Momentum is such a big power in modern sport. Still Pat Cummings, yeah, India. we'll just
1: leave it there uh, with Jared Waitley. Just quickly for New Farm Australian through and through. The forecast of Perth tomorrow, 16 to 28. 34 for your Saturday and for Bunbury 15 to 27 is the temperature range, 31 for Saturday. New Farm's products are formulated with the highest quality right here in Australia. New Farm Australian through and through. Thanks for your time this week. Thanks to Jimmy and Lee and I'll catch you again next Monday from 5 here on Sports Day w